This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning, this is Marshall Davis. When I was learning and creating techniques of contemplative prayer back 30 years ago, back in the early 1990s, and I was leading retreats for not only my congregation, but for others in our denomination, my favorite form of meditation was a guided scripture meditation. I used a variation on the Christian practice known as Lectio Divina, but instead of simply reading the scripture and letting people meditate upon it freestyle, I guided the group in imagining that they were in the Bible story. Very often I used a story from one of the four Gospels, and it involved meeting and interacting with Jesus in our imagination. I would need people to imagine that they could feel the Galilean sun on their faces or smell the breeze off the Sea of Galilee or off the Mediterranean or hear the noise of the marketplace or the crowds in the temple courts or whatever scene we were entering into. And it could be quite a powerful experience to be in the presence of Jesus of Nazareth in our imagination. Since spiritual awakening that happened a decade ago, my approach to scripture has changed because I am changed. I am no longer the I that I thought I was, and that changes everything. As the apostle says, and I often quote, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that shift of spiritual identity from I to Christ means that we are not a separate individual or identity. We're not separate from Jesus, but we are one with Jesus. And if we take Paul's words seriously, and we should, and I do, we are Christ. It's no longer I, but Christ If Paul is right when he says, I've been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, that means that we, our true self, is Christ. Now, I know that statement can be misinterpreted. And evangelicals who hear me have said things that have accused me of all sorts of blasphemy. But it's not blasphemy. It's the gospel. It's no longer I who live, but Christ. The I, the me that I thought he was, is seen to be not me. In fact, it's nothing at all. In its place is Christ, who lives in me, seemingly in this body and through this personality, but but equally outside of this body. In all people and in all things, in him we live and move and have our being. Paul says elsewhere, there's no inside or outside, there's only one 
reality. And that reality is, to use the Christian term, Christ. When that is seen and known directly, we see that we never really were a separate self. We just thought we were. That seeming separate existence was just a blip in the mental pattern, a glitch in the program. We never were who we thought we were. We are Christ who is the one true self through whom everything is made according to scripture and through which everything in all creation testifies. When people think they are separate little mortal creatures with a beginning and an end, it produces all sorts of fears, anxieties, and suffering. When we see that we are being itself, that type of suffering is gone. Awakening is the end of suffering. As the Buddha said, we may seem to be human beings and you know, thinking about it in a relative sense, we are, but thinking about it in ultimate sense, in reality, we are not beings, we are being, capital B, being itself, the ground of being, expressed as human beings. When one wakes up to our true identity, to this reality, and it is clearly and directly seen, it changes everything, including the way we read scripture. So it changes the way I do Lectio Divina. Now it's fine to still do that form of guided meditation that I was talking about a moment ago, as long as you realize that that is simply the ego relating to Jesus as an ego. But why imagine a little imaginary ego when we are so much more? Now when I read the stories, I do not imagine myself in a dualistic relationship with Jesus. I read the scripture as the same self that was Jesus and was in Jesus. I do not imagine myself as the first century carpenter from Nazareth because we really can't get into a cultural identity of a distant time and place. Instead, I enter into the scripture as the eternal Christ, which was Jesus's true identity, what he woke up to in his baptism, which he proclaimed. So I am suggesting that we read the Bible stories in non-dual awareness as non-dual awareness and not as separate egoic consciousness. Not trying to get into the first century personality of Jesus, which is impossible, but simply to be who we really are. Be the true self and then see what the biblical story says. Let me give you an example here. This month, the Western Church celebrated the baptism of Jesus, the baptism of the Lord. The holiday is called on January 8th, although in the church that I attend, we celebrated it January 15th, so it was just this last Sunday, because I'm recording this now on a, on a Wednesday. Many churches use that particular day as an occasion to invite people to reaffirm their own baptisms. But that is, again, making us into 
separate little individuals and it perpetuates the myth of duality. When most Christians read the story of the baptism of Jesus, they're looking at it objectively to see what it says about Jesus. You know, that man 2,000 years ago. It's an exercise not only in duality, but Christology. In Christology is simply a collection of ideas about Jesus, but I'm not talking about ideas here. I am suggesting that as we read the story of the baptism of Jesus or any other story, that we do so as the true self. We do it as the Christ in us. We do it as Christ. So when we read the story of Jesus being baptized, it is us being baptized. It is us as the heavenly dove. Us as the heavens opening up. Us as the voice from heaven. It is us as the true self being made known in the baptism of Jesus. When we read scripture this way, we see that this story is an occasion for spiritual awakening. It is actually the record of the spiritual awakening of Jesus of Nazareth, which I have talked about elsewhere. But because of what it is, it can prompt spiritual awakening today in people. Spiritual awakening is not something that happens in time. It happens in the eternal now, which is just as present in this moment as it was 2,000 years ago at the Jordan River. In this way, scripture can be an opening to help people awaken, or at least help them taste a bit of that awakening, and thereby plant a seed that can then grow into the kingdom of God, which is what Jesus talked about in his parable of the growing seed and the mustard seed and so forth. This technique of reading scripture as non-dual awareness can be used with any gospel story. For example, the story of Jesus as a 12-year-old teaching the, the teachers of the law in the temple courts. We are that source which that boy Jesus was speaking from. We are the source of wisdom from which Jesus spoke in the Sermon on the Mount. That This is the true self. That is the true self of every person. Take the miracle stories of Jesus, like the feeding of the 5,000. We are that which is able to multiply loaves and fishes or turn water into wine at the wedding in Cana. Meditation of, on scripture becomes immersion, not only in scripture, but in the inspiration of scripture, in the source which inspired scripture. It takes us into the one, which is the inspiration for scripture. Then every story in the Bible is about ultimate reality, about non-dual reality, whether it be the creation story in Genesis 1 or the, or the burning bush story in Exodus or the death and resurrection of Jesus or whatever. Every story of scripture can prompt spiritual awakening. There is one self. Jesus's true self is our true self. This one self 
is incarnated in every person and also every living thing and even inanimate things. This is how I interpret the idea of reincarnation, which is so much a part of Eastern spiritual traditions like Hinduism and Buddhism. It's not that an individual soul, individual entity is reincarnated over and over and over again in a unique succession of other individuals throughout history. It is that we, as the one self, are incarnated in all living things that have ever existed and exist now. We are the all. That means I am you, and you are me, and we are Christ. That's what Jesus talks about. And as in this prayer before he died, in John 17, Christ in me, Christ in you. And this is the eternal Christ, the pre-existent Christ, the primordial Christ, the cosmic Christ. That's why Jesus was called the one and only Son. That it was not meant to be a proclamation of Christian exclusivism, which is what it has become. It doesn't mean that Jesus was the only historical incarnation of God. It means that there's only one self who is incarnated in all. And that self here is, is called the Son. That's why we are able to love our neighbor as ourself, because we literally are our neighbors. It's the same with the Christian idea of heaven, which is traditionally understood to be endless individual existence. That is taking the symbolism of the Bible literally. It's not that that we are as human beings are billions of eternal little souls living in heaven sometime in the future after our physical death. Heaven is being one soul and that soul is what we call God. That means we are intimately, eternally one, not only with God, but with all people, including our loved ones and, our, and even our enemies. That's why we can love our enemies as ourselves. All are one because we are that one reality, which is the one self, which is God. This unity, this oneness, this non-duality is truly heaven. When we read scripture as who we really are, from who we really are, from our true nature, then all scripture opens up its true meaning. And it all points to the non-dual reality that Jesus called the kingdom of God. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. 
My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.